morning. How is everybody this morning? Good, good. <laughs> I heard some woo-hoos. I like that from this side of the crowd. I think I'll be preaching over here this morning. That's where I'm going to get a lot of my support. Well, I'm very excited to be with you guys this morning. Uh, Pastor Aaron has uh, started us in a great series, something fun um, that, um, that you don't necessarily hear a whole lot, uh, but we've entitled it The Network, and it's all about the uh, four relationships let me see if I can quote him verbatim, this side of eternity that are going to help you in your relationship uh, with Christ and just to conduct yourself uh, as an individual. And so last week we talked all about uh, the, the, the most important um, part of your network, which is your Savior, having a Savior in your life. A lot of you gave uh, your life to Christ. As Pastor Ryan said, we had a, a significant amount of people who uh, decided to give their life to Christ. And man, that was huge. It's, it's incredible and it's exciting. Uh, but this week, we're going, to, uh, we're going to take a look at what I believe to be the second most important uh, person inside of your network. And uh, we, we've talked all about what a network is. And if you pull out your phone right now, uh, you might have different... Um, networks inside of your phone, friends or, or family or coworkers or people I don't really want to take phone calls from. There's all these different networks inside uh, of, of your phone, but also in your life. And so as we take a look at uh, the network inside of our life, I want to, uh, I, I want to highlight a, another important person, and that is your BFF. Now, if you're not familiar with the term BFF, BFF means uh, best friend forever. It's commonly used um, by uh, uh, 10-year-old to 12-year-old girls. Um, most of the time, um, they're around third or fourth grade. But I want to let you know, and men, I want to empower you today to be able to use the term BFF. I, after you leave this place, I want you to be able to call up your man friend and just tell him that he is your BFF, okay? There shouldn't be any shame in your game. This is, this is who we are. And you know what? It's okay to use the term BFF. But as we take a look um, uh, of the title of a BFF, I want you to think about the person in your life that, that you would give that title to. Some of you may have one. Some of you may not. Some of you, it's, uh, it's your spouse, which if it is, man, more power to you. That's awesome that you can have a spouse and a best friend. Uh, but... I've always found growing up and, and, and through the few years that I've been here on planet Earth, 22 years to be exact, God has taken me through uh, seasons of BFFs. And as I began to prepare for this message and, and I looked at my life personally, I, I saw this very cool trend of God placing people in my life in times when I needed to grow, and the areas that I needed to grow, the BFF he would appoint to me would be that person, man, in that moment where I was going through something or needed to grow in something. I remember my first BFF, his name was Jeremy Story, and now Jeremy Story was a, um, he was a tall, uh, goofy white guy. Um, I love Jeremy, <laughs> and, uh, but he was the kind of guy in my life that he was there for the, the spiritual foundations of my life, as you could call it, okay? He was there in the beginning. He was the kind of kid uh, that taught me, for all of you AG background people in the room, he was the guy who taught me about junior Bible quiz. He was the guy who taught me about human videos and about um, what, what and how you're supposed to conduct yourself uh, during camp services. 
He was the one who taught me um, what the little cracker and juice was all about. You know, Jeremy's story was that kind of person in my life. He was my first BFF, and, and he, was there, he was there for the foundations of my faith. And as we get into this, if, if you guys would open to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I, I want to continue to talk about Jeremy for a little bit, but as you're flipping through, you can go ahead and listen. But uh, Jeremy and I, we were, um, man, we were two peas in a pod, and, and I remember going through highs and lows with Jeremy's story, and uh, he taught me a lot, and I taught him a lot. You know, he was teaching me about the foundations of my faith, and I was teaching him about the foundations of women, and it was this symbiotic relationship, you know what I mean? And what he could lend and give to me on the spiritual side, I felt like I could give to him when it came to the female side of things. And so, you know, he he would help me, and I would help him, and things were good. But Jeremy's story was was probably the first person that I could attribute to being um, my first BFF. Now, in the, at the time, I don't think BFF was, was coined yet, but, but had I known, um, I, I would have given him the title of BFF. Hopefully, you guys are, are, are there already, but Ecclesiastes chapter 4, if you'd go to verse 9 with me. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. See, Jeremy's story, why he was so important in my life, is the same reason that your BFF needs to be important in your life. Because Jeremy's story challenged me to grow. See, the the most important thing that your BFF can be and do in your life is to be someone in your life that challenges you to grow. Now, think about the person that you would give this title to in your life. Ask yourself, do they challenge you to grow? And more specifically, do they challenge you to grow spiritually? Because if they're not, then I would say after this message, you should probably get on the phone with somebody and fire them from their position as BFF. Now, some of you, your spouse is your BFF, so please don't go home and fire them. That could get messy, and I'm not telling you to do that, so don't do it. But we need to take a real good hard look at the people that we're both allowing so close to us and near to us, and and the people that we're giving this title of BFF to. Because Jesus was very cautious with the people that he let near to him. See, he was was friend to a lot of people, and he was savior to everybody. He would go to to the homes of of taxpayers and and, and soldiers, and you could see how there was interaction. But who were the people that he spent the most time with? There were these 12 guys, and, and they were all uh, growing together. They were constantly challenging each other to grow. Really, it was more Jesus doing the challenging and, and them kind of... Jesus was the ultimate BFF, by the way. But you can see this idea of, of, of Jesus uh, being cautious of the people that would be closest to him. So as that relates to you and I, the person in our life that we're giving the title of BFF to... I would say be cautious, but more than that, be a, little bit, um, be a little bit objective for a minute. Now, for some of you, man, you've had the same BFF forever. You've had the same BFF since uh, you learned how to swing, since you learned how to go to the bathroom on your own. You've had the same BFF since your little red wagon. But some of you, man, you've just recently moved into something that you would feel comfortable saying, this is my best friend. Well, 
Ask yourself, do they challenge you to grow? Some of us in the room, we have what I like to call the trifecta BFF, and that's somebody who challenges you to grow mentally, physically, and spiritually. Pastor Aaron, uh, he has challenged me to grow uh, physically. (laughs) When I moved here, he said, you are going to learn to eat, and we are going to put weight on you. (laughs) And every day I look in the mirror and I go, dear God, please don't let me be growing physically. (laughs) But there are these people in our life That should be challenging us. And and more specifically, our best friend should be challenging us to grow spiritually. See, the thing about Jeremy's story is when we would go to camps and and I would learn about communion and I would learn about what and who the Holy Spirit was and his function and role in my life, when I would learn about human videos and, you know, all of these, uh, the, the AG jargon, what he was really teaching and giving me, what he was really doing was challenging me to grow. See, I didn't know it because I was so young. I didn't understand it. But, but in hindsight, I can see how Jeremy's story was challenging me to grow. And it was fun. It was a blast. Can I tell you that, that sometimes being challenged to grow is, is difficult and it's hard. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. But at the end of the road, you look back and you go, man, was it worth it? Because the person that God is wanting you to be and, and me to be, the kind of person that he has is, he is destined us to be and, and desired us to be is the kind of person that, that we're not right now, but where we're going, where the people in our life are taking us, the, the kind of person that our best friend should be challenging us to become. Think about it. Your BFF should always be challenging you to grow. I want to bring up this idea of what if you didn't grow? You know, a lot of times we, we become complacent um, in our own life and in our walk. I think sometimes it's easy for us to stop growing. I think, I think it's easier for us to just be than to be challenged to grow. As we take a look at the best friend in our life, I, I kind of want to sp- spin this for you for just a minute and, and think about your own self as a best friend? Are you challenging your best friend to grow? Are you the one bringing the challenge to their front door? And and if you're not, if that's not happening, what's taking place is neither one of you are growing. And what happens when you don't grow? What happens when you don't grow? I remember in scripture, Jesus cursing a tree and, and, and causing death because it didn't bear any fruit. It didn't, it didn't grow and it withered and it died. In a very real and, and, and tangible way of describing what happens when you and I don't uh, progress towards growth, we, we're not challenged to grow, what happens? We, we begin to wither and die. And not because we want to, Honestly, it's because something is, is taking place in our life and, and, and because God destined and, and ordained it to be one way that we should grow and that we should progress towards something. And when we stop doing that, then we start to die. In your best friend relationship, are, are the two of you, are you growing? Are you challenging one another to grow? Because if you do not, I can tell you that not only spiritually do you start to die, But I believe a lot of times that relationship that God has brought into your life starts to fade away. 
Because God created some things there. He, he brought some things to, to mesh and to mold together. He brought you two together for a season. He brought a Jeremy story in your life to teach you the foundations of faith. And, and now all of a sudden you're letting go of this and the bond that united you two all of a sudden is, is starting to fade away. I don't know about you, but man, I guard my best friend relationships very seriously. I don't want to let those things go. In fact, when that season passes and those best friends start to leave my, my life because God's bringing somebody else in, you know, a little part of me, I'm just thinking, God, I miss that person. You know, because I, I loved when my best friend would challenge me to grow. I, I loved when he and I would, would be in the trenches together and, and we, were, we were challenging one another. If you skip on down to uh, verse 10, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, same passage there. It says, if one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. See, the second thing that I think that having a best friend provides for you and I is, is this idea of strength. John Evans was... My second BFF, he also, it's funny to think about, was a tall, goofy, white guy. I'm not sure why God brings the tall, goofy, white guy in my life, but he does, and he's seen fit, so I'll go with it. But uh, John Evans was one of those guys that spiritually, um, he was a step above um, my former BFF. John Evans was one of those really old, young guys. You know what I mean? He was um, inside, he was always thinking like he was 35, but he, you know, he, he, was, he was a teenager just like me. He was, he was one of those guys that was super uber responsible and I just couldn't get it in my own head. You know what I mean? I, I was the kind of guy that would like to sleep till about 2 or 3.30 in the afternoon and John Evans was the guy who was up at about 9 o'clock and he was praying and he was doing his chores and I just thought, dude, what is with you? But John Evans, in the same respect, was the kind of guy that spiritually had his life in a place where I wanted and need to be, needed to be. And I think that God saw that. And so God saw fit that this tall, goofy, white guy should come into my life and, and, and show and, and help me to, uh, to go to another place. But the thing that I remember most about John Evans is, is nights that we would spend um, in front of the television, and we had kind of a uh, four sitcom regime that we would watch every Thursday or Friday. And it was a, um, I'm going to let you into a, a very personal part of my life, okay? <laughs> it was uh, Boy Meets World, Kim Possible, Lizzie McGuire, and, um, cow, what was the fourth one? There was a fourth one, I don't even, oh, it was Back to Back Boy Meets Worlds. That's what it was. Man, it was so good. It was powerful. It was powerful. But we would sit down and we would just watch like two hours of TV together. And it was him and I. And some of our best times were, were spent just sitting there on the couch, um, being a couple of men, you know, watching Lizzie McGuire. Um, and we just, we had fun. But then I would always remember that it would be about 1.30 at night and it would be time for uh, Elisha to turn into bed. But John Evans would always go back to his room and... Um, he always had to get in that prayer time before he went to bed. He always had to uh, pray to God before he went to bed. And, 
And I remember so many nights, I mean, we were just, we were both so exhausted from the amount of consumption of television that we had just encountered. But John Evans, for some reason, would find the strength to be able to lug his big body to the room and begin to pray. And, and what I remember most is, is the fact that so many of those times, I mean, I wasn't living necessarily the way that I should have been. I remember my life as, as a teenager being very up and down uh, spiritually. And man, when it was up, it was, it was up, and I was on fire. And when it was down, I was down. But John Evans, what he did for me in those moments, when he would go to his room and he would begin to pray, I would internally look at myself and I thought, man, if John Evans is praying right now, how much more should I be praying I remember those times in my life where I would kind of look down um, on myself and, and see spiritually that I, I needed connection with God. And John Evans would go, and as, a, as an example, he would provide that strength for me. And it always resulted in the same exact uh, reaction from me. I would get up 15, 20 minutes into him praying. I'd go into the room. And I would spend time in prayer with God. And every time it was exactly what I needed. Every time it was exactly where I needed to be. Every time it was exactly where I should have been. But what John Evans was doing, and I don't know if he knew it or not, and I, I would say that he did. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. But, man, he was providing strength and stability in my life. The best friend that you have in your life, are they providing strength and stability in your life? Are you doing the same for them? Because I can tell you that when things get the hardest, when, when I'm falling spiritually, what I need in my life is, is not some tele-evangelist. It's, it's not some pastor on a CD. It's not, a lot of times what I need is a best friend who is there, who spiritually is going, man, you've fallen and, and I want to help you. Let me pick you up. Let me, let me pray for you. John Evans also had the ability to uh, very uh, blatantly tell truth. And it was blatant, but it, but it was also soft at the same time. Now, some of you in this room have a BFF that's more of the tough love nature, more like, shut up, get over it. Come on, you're stronger than that. Some of you have the other kind of BFF who's like, oh, it's totally okay, and you're awesome. Um, I've made some cookies for you. I want that kind of BFF. But John Evans was, he was like a hybrid. He was a mixture of the two. He always had the ability to unite biblical truth with uh, just the, the hard facts, you know? And, and he always did it in a non-condemning way. He always did it in a way where I just thought, oh yeah, that's, that's probably true. But John Evans, man, he was strength in my life. He provided stability. He was the picture of, of what my, my walk was supposed to be. John Evans was awesome. He was goofy beyond all recognition, but man, he was awesome. I can tell you that in your walk, strength and stability is, is one of the most important things that you and I can adopt in our own lives. It's one of the most important things that, that we as, as Christians in, in faith need because if we're not strong, we're overtaken. If we're not strong, then we are weak. And, and if, if we are weak, we are defeated. See, I, I love the idea of, of, of my BFF being strong for me. I love the idea that, that at the end of the day that there is somebody else that can be strong for me. 
God never called you and I to do it alone. God never instituted or desired that you and I should have to go and, and live in this faith thing alone. No, what did Jesus do? Jesus had 12 BFFs. Well, 11, one of those guys soured at the end. <laughs> but at one time, 12. God, God knows, God knew, God, God, man, he understands. We're not supposed to do this alone. You and I, there's, there's no reason that we should have to do this alone. He understands what a world and our life is like. He understands overwhelming circumstances. He understands that you and I are human and that we've fallen short of the glory of God. He, he knows and he gets it. And he's implemented and instituted somebody to come into our lives and provide strength for us. A John Evans in our own life. Our spiritual walk, it's a tough one, but it's their prayers, their encouragement, and their truth that help you and I to live this thing. If you go to verse 12 there, it says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The last thing that I think that uh, best friends provide is, is protection. Jacob Cologne is, uh, is, is one of my latest best friends in, in the trilogy of best friends. And I, I remember a time when he and I, <laughs> he and I, uh, along with my youth pastor, um, we were hosting a team from Pennsylvania. They were coming down for a missions trip, and we were going to take them over the border into uh, Juarez to do some orphanage work. And uh, I was from the youth group uh, that was very much um, about creating moments for people in prayer times and things like that. And so what we decided to do was, was to take this youth group along with uh, a guitar and, and, and uh, our worship leader up to a mountain. And when I say mountain, it was more of an elevated hill, um, but it was pretty hard to climb. Um, and we decided to take all of these individuals up to a mountain and we thought, uh, we should just do a, a, a very cool, intimate worship time up there and prayer. And, and so we thought, yeah, yeah. And, and then we could create like just a few fires that, you know, small fires that, that students and leaders could gather around and it'll be intimate. Yeah, yeah. And then we should get fireworks and we should blow them up in the background so that it's real magical. Yeah, yeah. And so what my youth pastor... Uh, who, is, who has been my best friend for a very long time, what he went and did was he grabbed about $800 worth of fireworks from a place. Um, fireworks weren't in season at the time, okay? So it was one of those places where you would walk in and there were no fireworks on the open floor and he'd be like, sorry, dude, it's not season. And then you pull out the wad of cash and he's like, okay, let's go to the back room. And then he opens it and there's just fireworks everywhere. You know what I mean? So my youth pastor goes and he gets about $800 worth of fireworks and we head up to this hill and it's Jacob and I, my best friend, and we're, we're, we're thinking about strategy as to what would be the best thing to do and, and, and how we should uh, be doing this and, and what's going to be the most magical thing. And so we found two very large 50-gallon metal drums on, uh, on this mountain. And um, I guess they were designated for trash, but we thought it would be a better launch pad for fireworks. So what we did is we turned these things over and, and we, we put our artillery shells on the inside of these trash cans. And I can't tell you how bad of an idea it is to stick your face inside of a trash can and light fireworks so that they can come out and explode. We weren't thinking about that. We were thinking about the glory of God that was about to be displayed. 
And we began to unwrap all of these packages of fireworks and, and all of these uh, artillery shells that would do different things. And some were bursts and some were balls of fire and some were dragons. Well, they weren't dragons, but I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings. But, yeah, you know, it was, it was going to be magical and we couldn't wait. We were two kids at, at Christmas time. And, and so we put these artillery shells in and, and a few of them went off at a time. And they would just kind of, it wasn't too climactic, you know, it would just be like... And then it would be like silent for about three minutes until we could reload. And, and so we came up with a good idea, and we, we thought it would be um, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to stick about uh, three or four artillery uh, sh shell cannons in at the same time and light them all at the same time. We didn't realize that they have different fuse sizes, so they're going to go off at different times. And <laughs> so one would explode, and and it would knock the cannons over on the inside of the trash can. And when it would do that the uh, ricochet inside of the uh, trash can, you know, the cannons would start to go off. And it started that they would go off overhead about four or five feet, and it was getting dangerous at that point. And what had begun to happen is they would go off, and, and New Mexico is a desert, okay? So when fire hits deserts, there's fire. And these things would go off, and uh, we got to the point where we were lighting a few, and we were putting out small brush fires. Well, I remember... I remember this thing started to climax and get to a point where it was uncontainable by, by two 19-year-old men. Um, and I remember my, my other best friend, Sarah Blundell, one of the sweetest girls you'll ever meet, she came running from where there was worship in the presence of God, and she was running towards us. And I just remember seeing her thinking, I've got this all under control. It's okay. And, you know, she was doing one of those... And as she was running, I was thinking, I'm good. This is okay. And I look over to my friend Jacob, and he's there in the distance. And I see this, this glow on the back of his shirt. And I think, oh, that, that's no big deal. It's probably the sun just catching the screen printing, you know, like on his shirt. And then I realize it's nighttime. There is no sunlight. And I, I, I do one of those uh, double takes and triple takes. And then I'm just like, Jacob's on fire. <laughs> And so she's running towards me, and I turn towards him. And I don't know what it is, but when the movies say that something happens and your cerebellum just goes into reactive, everything really does go into slow motion, okay? And so I'm running towards him, and Sarah coming behind me, and I'm just like, Jacob, you're on fire. And he's like, no, no. And I get to Jacob in time, and I, and I put Jacob out. I put my best friend who could have died that day, I, I put him out, and I save him. Because that's what best friends do. They provide protection. When you are on fire, they will put you out. They will go to the mat with you when you think that $800 worth of a desert-ridden mountain of just fireworks is a good idea. They will be there with you, and, and when it blows up literally on you, they will put you out. But from a spiritual sense, man, they'll do the same thing. When you're on a mountain and it's just raining down fire spiritually in your life, man, they are going to be there to provide protection for you in your life. Their prayers, the truth that they bring to your life, them standing beside you when things are dark and bleak and you don't think that you're gonna make it, that you're gonna burn up, man, they are there to provide protection for you. 
It's one of the coolest things to see. It's, it's almost beautiful to watch when two best friends can come out the other side and when one has provided strength and blocked for the other. See, a lot of times you're not strong enough to, to, to fight on your own. A lot of times you're, you're, you're so in the middle of things and circumstances and you're looking up and you're going, God, help me. And God's going, I've got somebody for you and it's your best friend. Here he is and he's going to block for you and he's going he's to protect you and he's going to keep all these things away from you. And, and you go, yeah, but how does that work? Man, a true best friend is going to be on their knees in prayer for you. A true best friend is going to be in your junk, as Pastor Aaron says, in your kitchen, constantly asking and, 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 and retooling with you and, and just going through things with you saying, man, how can I be here for you? What can I do? How can I help you? A real true best friend provides protection for you. The same protection that when you're about to go and do something stupid, that friend looks at you and goes, man, you're wrong. You shouldn't go and do that. There's no reason that you should be in that situation. Don't do it. Spiritually, you're being dumb. You're, you're not even listening to the voice of God right now. They provide protection in the way of calling you out. Now, some of you don't like to be called out. Some of you would just rather be left alone. You're fine. I got this. You know what? You are the kind of people that need the tough love best friends in your life. Because I'm the very same way. I'm just like, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'll handle the fireworks. But you and I, man, we need somebody in our lives that can provide protection for us. We need somebody in our life that can be blocking for us and, and defending for us who's on their knees in prayer for us and our family and our situation and our circumstances and the things that we're going through. Because not all the time can you do it on your own. God didn't even make it so that you could do it on your own. So if you are doing it on your own, you're probably doing it wrong. Jesus didn't do it on his own. And if he didn't do it on his own, why in the world should you and I be doing it on our own? Man, that's good. Somebody write that down. The truth of the matter is, guys, we need protection. Yeah, but isn't God all the protection that we need? Who's to say that God doesn't move through the people that he brings in our life? Who's to say that God isn't the same God in heaven making things happen on this global platform as the same guy that he's going, you know what, Elisha, you need a John Evans in your life. Boom, here he is, here I am in your life. See, we don't think about best friends like that all the time. We just think that somehow they were at the same Starbucks as we were one day, and we just clicked, and all of a sudden we're best friends, and we like the same movies, and we both like to run. And No, it's not like that. I totally and honestly completely believe that God brings people into our life when we need them, how we need them, why we need them. But some of us have gone and adopted the wrong kind of BFF. And like I said, at the end of this, you need to seriously take a look and evaluate your relationship with your best friend and go, are they challenging me to grow? Are they providing strength? Are they providing protection? If I'm on fire, are they gonna put me out? You see on the back of your bulletin there, Proverbs 27, 17. Thought I was going to forget about it. I didn't. 
Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Guys, this is the heart of what we've been talking about. This is the heart of of everything that we've been saying this morning. Because as we talk about our relationship with another individual, as we talk about having somebody in our life that provides strength, challenges us to grow, and and provides the protection in our life, really what it has to do is is with this idea of, of sharpening one another of two individuals coming together that are of hard material and they begin to be grinded against the other and they begin to sharpen one another. See, some of us have best friends in this place that, that honestly, they're not of the same metal. They're, 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 not of, they're not the kind of best friend that we should have. And they're almost a, a wooden substance, if you can think of it this way. This is how it plays out in my mind, so indulge me for a minute. But, but I, I see the people the best friends in our life that, that really aren't the people that, that, that we should call best friends, and I see them as a wooden substance, and I see us as, as this metal, as this hard substance. As you begin to grind the two against the other, one dulls and one chips away. It, it, doesn't, it has no good return. It, it doesn't even make sense. But as you prayerfully seek God and, and, and you go, God, I, I'm believing for this person in my life, or, or God, I know that this person is in my life, and, and I believe that they're completely from you because they challenge me, challenge me spiritually, and, and, and they provide protection, and, and they provide strength. See, when you get those two elements together, when you get two substances that, that God has, has ordained to be, you see this process happening where the chipping away of the bad takes place, where the refining takes place, and And all of a sudden, God begins to bring to a tip and to a point exactly what he wanted to be there. See, what happens when you sharpen iron? Become sharp. But you bring to a tip and you bring to a point. And see, you and I, a lot of times, we're this dull, rounded thing. But then all of a sudden, a Jeremy story begins to come into your life. And a John Evans begins to come into your life. And a Jacob Cologne comes into your life. And a Mike Trina comes into your life. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you're 22 years old and you're standing on a platform before a group of people that you probably have no business speaking to. But God goes, because of the people that I've placed in your life and because you've allowed me to sharpen you against other people, You're becoming exactly what I want you to become. See, you have to understand that having a BFF is so much more than slumber parties and good times. It's about God forming, shaping, molding, making you into the person that he wants you to become, using other people to do it. I want to pray with you guys this morning.